0: All right. Well, is that good news or what? And I just want to say um, that is why we're here. And that is why every one of you who's online watching today, why you've taken out this time. We are gathered together. We do this. We've been doing this online. We've been doing it at our homes. We're in here today because we actually really believe that God can make us His. child, that we can actually be born with the Spirit of God inside of us, and that we can know him. And that's what he says. He goes, and I'm here. He goes, I am actually present with you. I am with you in your living room right now. That's what God offers us, you guys. And this is the greatest news. So we get get reconciled back to God so that we can actually share life with him. And then he says, and once I reconcile you to myself, he goes, now I'm asking you to be my reconciliation to the world. I actually, he says, he goes, I give you the commission, the message of reconciliation to the world. And I just want to say one thing before I dive fully into this message. So just on uh, this week, I was reading in Mark, and I got to chapter 13, and it says this. As Jesus was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said to him, look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings. And by the way, I've been to Israel. (laughs) I've seen these, and you do. When you see them, I, I did. I just stood in awe at how huge they were, and I could only imagine what that temple must have been like. But I love Jesus' reply. He says, you see all these great buildings? He goes, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. And I thought about that, and I said, now, and especially for the Jewish people, I mean, this wasn't just a magnificent building. This is where God's presence was. They came to offer their sacrifices there because in the Holy of Holies, that's where God was. And Jesus was going, Oh, this great thing, which by the way was his idea as God, he goes, That thing, every stone tumbled you know why because something way more marvelous was going to take place and it's not in a building and so i just want to remind of us all like it's great for all of us who've gathered here but it's great for all of you who are in your homes it's great for those of you who've done what derek said and are inviting other people to join with you because you know what's great not the hour we're going to spend here together it's going to be awesome but what's great is the 166 hours we're going to live the rest of the week where God doesn't live in a building anymore. He says, you are my temple. Now that is super cool, right? Yeah. See, that's what's super cool. And that's what we celebrate, that God is living in me. And he will live in any person who will put their faith in Jesus Christ. And when that happens, you guys, you live. So that's why we're here. That's why we're giving this message. That's why you've joined us online, because we are going to fellowship with God today. We're not just going to church. We're not just doing some religious routine. No, we are actually going to engage with God as his children. And if you're not a child yet, we're going to give you the invitation to become one, because then God will be living inside of you too. All right? So let me pray, and then we'll dive into this message. Oh, Father, thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for the gospel, the good news, that you sent your Son to save us, to reconcile us back to yourself, to put us in your Spirit so that we would know you. Lord, I just ask now, today, for every one of us, whether we're in this physical space or whether we're in our homes, wherever we are, we are choosing today, God. We're saying we want to fellowship with you, God. We want to engage with you. We want to hear your voice. We want to receive your spirit and fullness. We want to live in union with you. We want to take this great life that you've given us of your very presence. And God, we want to take seriously your call to take it to the rest of the world. So help us to do that today. Jesus. In Jesus' name, I ask God that you do that today. That we would not do a religious exercise today, but we would worship you today. We would engage with you today. And we will leave this place, whether we leave our home or whether we leave this building, and we will say, We will follow you, Jesus. We pray for that grace in your name. Amen. All right. So, if we are his children, that's what he's saying. And I love that song, man. That, what a man, I, I could listen, to, I should, probably should listen to that every day. <laughs> To remind myself, this is who I am. Well, listen, Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says this. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. So if, if we're children, then we're supposed to be following the example of our, of our father. And then he says, and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So as children of God, and that's what we are, we're supposed to imitate God, and how do we do that? We live a life of love just like Jesus did. (laughs) And he says, and when you live a life of love like Jesus, he goes, you become a fragrant (sighs) offering to God. And then in 2 Corinthians 2.14, it says this, and thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession, and listen, and he uses us, To spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. See, so we, so Jesus was the aroma of God, the very presence of God. Now Jesus is inside of you if you're a follower of him, and, and he's inside of me as a child of God, and he says, and now guess what? He goes, you are supposed to be an aroma to the world. I don't know about you guys, but Smell is powerful to me. Anybody else like smell is like super powerful to you? Okay, so I experienced this just this week. Um, my son Caleb and I were at the driving range uh, earlier this week, and we got done, and we got on 15, and we're heading north, and we got to about 3,300 south, and both of us just looked at each other. We're like, oh my gosh, right, dude? It was like, this is horrible. The smell was just awful, and I remember just thinking, it's like, oh my goodness, if I had to live here, I would move, <laughs> right? I mean, I seriously, I could not stay there. I'd have to be like, I'm out of here, so that was one powerful aroma that i had this week then earlier this week as well i was with one of my uh, friends who's a pastor in the valley and i was over at his location so we were just kind of walking through his building and and he was showing me around and we walked into this kind of a larger gathering space and as soon as we walked in there it was like this aroma just hit and i'm like oh my gosh what is that he said well on the other side there's a industrial kitchen And there's a group of people who are cooking right now, and I'm, yes, yes, they are. And I want whatever is on the other side of that wall. (laughs) I mean, literally, it smelled so good that all I wanted to do was just go, get me over there so I can have some of that. Okay? You guys have all had both those experiences, haven't you? Listen to me. All of you at home, all of us. As followers of Jesus Christ, We are supposed to be living lives that make people say, I want what is ever on the other side of that. I want what is inside of you. And sometimes, though, the church can stink. And sometimes the world looks at us and goes, I want none of that. And so what we got to talk about here, you guys, is today, right, we're in this series and we're talking about COVID-19 lessons learned, okay? Here's a lesson we've all learned from COVID-19. Everybody seems to have an answer and nobody has an answer. So we titled this thing, mask or no mask, right? Because everybody feels like they're right. Should you wear a mask? Yes, you should. And I'm right. And I can't believe you don't wear one. Should you wear a mask? No, this is stupid. I can't believe you're making me wear a mask. (laughs) We're all right. And then, should we meet inside or not? Oh my goodness, you guys. I, for months in COVID, I spent uh, 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 every week on phone calls with pastors. And all of us were just trying to figure out, man, when's the right time? And should we meet inside? Some people, as soon as you could, they were opening their doors. Other people still aren't opening them. Who's right? How do we know what the right answer is? Man, should schools be online or in person? person. Uh, See, somebody has the answer already. (laughs) And so they give the answer, and then somebody else is online. I I tell you, my next-door neighbor is actually the interim superintendent for Salt Lake School Districts. Oh, my, yeah, exactly. And every time we see him, we have him him over for dinner, we're like, oh, Larry, I just want to go, man, we are so praying for you. He's like, he goes, because he just knows no matter what I do, he goes, no matter what decision I make, I'm right. And you're wrong. (laughs) well, which one is it? Who knows the answer? Man, I, I, what are we supposed to care more about? People's physical health or people's emotional health? I remember on one of these calls with pastors, General Burton, who's actually over the COVID response here in the, in the state of Utah. He actually got on the Zoom call with us, and I was so impressed with that man. And he gave us all the statistics and why they're making the decisions they're making about keeping people safe and healthy, you know. And, but then about halfway through the call, he said, but can I just be honest with you guys? He goes, I am so concerned about the mental health of everybody here. He goes, we know that the abuse is happening more in our homes. We know that people are losing jobs and the economy is a real issue for people. And I could just, after I got done with that call, I just said, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I'm not him that's right. And the thing is, some of us, we we have right. And I'm not even going to get into political opinions. God help us all. Can you put your mask on, please? Thank you. Nope. Yep. Oh, it broke. Hey, can you guys bring him a mask? Thanks. All right. So here's here's the deal. Yeah, because we are going to be super careful here. All right. But here's the deal. Everybody seems to know the answer, but nobody knows the answer, you guys. And I'm not talking today about essentials of the Christian faith. I'm not talking about theology. I'm just talking about complicated issues where sincere followers of Jesus have different opinions on what is right. And what's interesting, you guys, is I, I, I've, I just know that I'm watching people. I know so many people who've just said, I am done with social media because I can't handle the backbiting and the nitpicking and the fighting that's going online. And half the time, it's between people who follow Jesus, so, how are we smelling? Are we, are we out there as followers of Jesus and people are like, oh my gosh, there's something really beautiful and different about you. I want what you have. Or are people watching us and going, oh my God, please help me never have to be a part of that. Now, we all have opinions and we're all making judgments. That, that's just what we do. And, 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 and they can, here's the point, they can be helpful when you have an opinion or you're making a judgment about what we should do, you can actually add to the struggle to find the answer. So I am not saying we shouldn't have opinions or, or thoughts on these things. We all do. It's okay. You can actually be helpful to the solution. But it's what you do with the judgment you're making. It's how you hold your opinion that is so critical. And when our judgments cause us, and this is really important, When our judgments on a situation cause us to elevate ourselves over somebody else, when your rightness makes somebody else wrong, and now you have elevated yourself and you think you're better than they are because of the opinion they hold, I'm just gonna tell you right now, that stinks. It just stinks, okay? And that's what we have to be super careful about because what it is, that's separating us And when things separate us, the whole purpose of God is unity in the Spirit. And so when this is happening, it's not of God. Now, our rightness can cause unnecessary hostility, quarreling, and division, but we also can have dialogue, understanding that leads to helpful solutions. So, how are we living, you guys? How are you doing? We're supposed to be the aroma of Christ. We're supposed to be a fragrant offering. How? Because we live lives of love, just like Jesus loved us. Are you loving the people who have different opinions than you do? So that when they run into you, you're actually attractive. There's something about you and they're going, I wanna know what's going on inside that heart of yours because you're different. That's what we're gonna talk about. So when we can't agree on the way, (laughs) what do we do? Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. So when no one has the answer, Jesus' life is the answer. Now, I know like we're in church, you know, the people say, what's brown and it has a fluffy tail and little kids go, Jesus? You know, because you're in Sunday school, because the answer is always Jesus. No, listen to me, I'm, I'm, I'm serious though here. When no one has the answer, which is so much of what we're struggling with right now, Jesus' life is the answer. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Philippians 2, 5. We're gonna, by the way, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 2, 1 through 5 today. In verse 5, it says this: In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset of Jesus Christ, okay? Now, for all of us who are in here, for all of you who are watching at home, if you are a child of God, if his spirit is born inside of you and you received Christ and he dwells within you, if that's who you are, then all of us should be having the same mindset. We should be thinking the way Jesus does. His life, this is the miracle, you guys. His life is in every true follower of him. Jesus is living in you. So, no one has the answer? Then what does Jesus' life look like? Here we go. Here's the first one. When no one has the answer, Jesus' life values others. When no one has the answer, Jesus actually values others. Look at this, Philippians 2, 2 through 4. He says, to make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit, and of one mind. And in other versions, very respectable versions of the scripture, it says being united in spirit and intent on one purpose. So here's, and and right now, I actually want to just let's think about all of us who are Christians, okay? Like, and we disagree on whether you should be wearing a mask or not, or you disagree on whether we should be here or whether you should be home, or we disagree on how the whatever. No one has the answer. Here's what Jesus says: We're supposed to be like-minded. We're supposed to have the same mind. We're supposed to have the same love when we disagree. We're supposed to be one and united in spirit. And we're supposed to have one mind, one purpose. So when no one has the answer, the life of Jesus and the scriptures tell us, come on, man, be like-minded, have the same love, be of one spirit and one purpose. So here's what's crazy. I may totally disagree with you, but I have Jesus' life within me and if we're followers of christ then we have jesus life within us even when we totally disagree we have the mind of christ we have his love in our hearts we have his spirit and we have his purpose so what do we do okay so that's the reality jesus is inside of me his life so what do we do Point, I'm just going to tell you exactly what Scripture says. I love these because I don't, this isn't my opinion at all. This is just what Scripture says. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. So the first thing, when you have an opinion and you're a follower of Jesus, the first check that you have to have and you have to ask yourself, is my strong opinion about my personal gain is my strong opinion about my personal gain because if it's about you then jesus goes that's not how this works that's not how this works i actually came to set you free from you that the the essence of sin is you (laughs) it is the essence of sin is i think more about me than i do god and i think about others and that's what stinks that's what ruins all of our relationships. So the first thing you got to do is just check yourself and go, okay, I feel super strong about this. And is that just because it's what I want? And if it is, then don't have any selfish ambition. The second thing he says, and don't have any vain conceit. You know what vain conceit? The word actually means in the Greek, but it means empty glory. Now, you, well, that doesn't help. Okay, well, then look up the definition of vain. Here's what definition of vain is having or showing an excessively high opinion of oneself or producing no results, useless. When we say, you're so vain, you're like, that's because that person thinks so highly of themselves. But you can also do something in vain, which means it had no purpose, it, had no, it was useless, and it created no results. And here's what the scriptures tell us. If you do anything out of vain conceit, where you have an excessively high opinion of yourself. So in other words, your opinion is right, and you've made yourself excessively high. He goes, you know what happens? That is useless. It is empty. It's powerless. It is not divine. It's human. Don't do anything for yourself, and don't do anything that puts you at an excessively higher place than the other person who disagrees with you. But... And and let me just say again, and remember, remember this, you guys. Why, why are we trying to do this? Why are we even here? Why are we gathering together? Because the world needs to run into the goodness of God, and you and I are the aroma of Christ. We're the aroma of Christ. We who've been reconciled to God live in such a way to make other people go, oh. I want that. That's why we're here. So first, in our love for one another and our unity, what did did Jesus say? He goes, when we disagree with each other and we have the same mind, the same love, the same purpose, the same spirit, even when we disagree with each other and we stay unified, do you know what Jesus said? He goes, if you guys love one another and if you are one, he goes, the world will know. The world will know. You guys, this is no small task. And COVID-19 has risen an opportunity for us to smell great. Because the world is fighting and divisive everywhere. And we have a chance to be different. Isn't that good news? Come on, man. This should be so exciting for us who follow Jesus. To say, I can't wait to get out of this building and get out there and smell good. I can't wait to get out of my house today. I can't wait to reach out to people today. And I can't wait to be the aroma of Christ. Then he says this rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Do you guys notice that? He says, not your own personal interest. You know what that is? That's a singular verb. (laughs) In other words, when you're looking at situations and trying to figure out what's right, don't be thinking about yourself, rather the interests of others, which is plural. I'm not just ever thinking about me. I'm actually thinking about the world, the community, the church, my family. I mean, that's what's interesting. What do you what do others think and what do others value? See, the beautiful thing about Jesus, you guys, is he was obviously he was never about himself. But he was never just about one other person either. Everything Jesus did was always for the best for everybody. Somehow his wisdom and his love cares about everybody. And if we're going to breathe the aroma of, aroma of Christ, then listen, everybody needs to feel valued by you. Everybody needs to be valued you because jesus values everybody so what do we what's he say there no not looking to your own tr- in humility value others above yourself so what do you do when you say i value you so because i value you i actually value your interests and so i want to know what you think i want to know what your opinion is Let me just ask you, when's the last time you had somebody who totally disagreed with your opinion, and the first thing you did was said, really, that is so interesting. Could you share more with me about that? Like, why do you think that? You know, kind of like they did it in the presidential debate, right? (laughs) You know, they were so interested in what the other person thought. And they saw, man, that's not a bad idea. I'm not sure if I agree with that. That, No, okay, that was not the perfect example. All right. So what if we came in and someone disagreed with us and we said, really? That's so interesting. I I have a really different take on that. Would you share with me? Where'd you get that? Why do you value that? How did you come to that conclusion? And you have to actually really want to listen. I'm telling you guys, you do that. You value the person and you do value them. Why? Because they're made in the image of God. They're made in the image of God. And so we value them. We respect them. And so instead of saying, I'm right and you're wrong and demanding that people view the world the way we do, Jesus, the way of Jesus, is to be looking at the other person's interests. So again, remember, why why are we talking about this? Why are we trying to to respond correctly in COVID-19? Because we're supposed to be the aroma of Christ. God wants to spread the aroma of him everywhere the scripture says in your workplaces, in your home, in your neighborhood, on Facebook, Twitter, Jesus wants to be glorified. Unity among ourselves is really important, but I wanna tell you, listen, if you will elevate the person you disagree with, and if you will value them above yourself, you may, you may not value their interest, okay, now listen, you may not value their interest, Above yours. I'm not saying Jesus isn't saying to do that. He's saying you can disagree about the interests. You may not value their interests above yours, but if you listen to them, listen, if you listen to them, you may not change their mind, but you will change their mind about you. And I'm not trying to figure out if we should wear these or not, or if we should meet here or be at home. I'm not trying to figure out if we should care about the emotional health. There's a lot of people trying to figure that out. What Jesus called me to do and what he called you to do and what he called all of us to do is to live in a way that's like Christ so that even if we don't change their mind, if we can change their mind about us, they might go, what's so different about you? This has been so pleasant to actually have this conversation with you even though you totally disagree with me. I want what's on the other side of that wall. That's the type of life you and I are supposed to be living. So what's an application really quick on this, and then I have one last point. Just listen, you guys. Even in our blessed series, right, the L was to listen. I want to encourage you. Here's your application. If you know somebody right now that disagrees with you, you disagree with them, I'm going to ask you, initiate a conversation with them. Be the one to initiate. Why? Because you value them. Remember that? See, when you actually take the initiative with someone, it makes them know that you you were thinking about me. You care about me. So initiate a conversation with somebody and then ask them questions. Value their interests above your own and find out why they believe what they do. And then validate them. As much as you can, say, wow, I can see why this is so important to you. I can see why you believe what you do. And then after you've listened really well, then speak. And then share yours. But how do you share? In humility. You value others. So you speak very truthfully. You say exactly what you think. But you do it humbly. And you do it lovingly. And I want to tell you guys, if the church would start Living this way when no one has the answer, and Jesus' life inside of us is the answer, and we start valuing people because they're made in the image of God. You and I will start smelling good because we'll smell like Jesus, and we can help bring this world to Him. All right? So let's value others with the life of Christ. Now, Where's the power to do this? Because <laughs> this is not easy, right? This is not easy. Here it is. When no one has the answer, you have to remember this. Jesus' life values you. He wants you to value others, but it has to start here. Jesus' life values you. The very first verse, Philippians 2, chapter, chapter 2, verse 1 said this. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by doing all those things. See, he actually starts with this. It all starts with what do you have? And he goes, listen, if you actually have union with Christ, if you have his love, comforting you, if you are sharing in the fellowship with the Holy Spirit, he goes, if you have those things, then go live this way. So you guys, it all starts with the gospel. It all starts with the good news. Remember, remember this you guys, remember your life. All of you guys who are Christians, and if you're not a Christian, just, just embrace this, and if you're watching online again, just, just just think about this, as a follower of Christ, what was true about your life, or if you're considering life with Christ. When you, when you when before you actually make a decision to receive Christ, I remember, I remember you run into God, you run into God, and you go, oh my gosh, I was all wrong. Right. How many of you guys ran into God and go, man, he doesn't know what he's doing? Well, I mean, I, most of us think that's true. <laughs> but no, when you actually run into the presence of God and his light shines on your heart, you go, it's horrifying. Because you realize, I am all wrong. And he is right. Man, I, when you run into God, you go, you realize, wow, uh, my way is not the right way. <laughs> And you realize, my truth is not the truth. And you realize, the life I'm living doesn't really produce life. He is absolutely right. And then when that happens, you go, why does it, you, just, you fall on your knees because you realize, I deserve the judgment of God. You guys, he's the only one who actually is right. And when he makes judgments of our wrongness, it's just point blank clear But here's the beauty, listen, and if you're not a follower of Jesus, you guys, this is the greatest news in all the world. That when God makes his judgment about how wrong we are, and let me say it again, he's the only one who's right. And when he makes his judgment towards our wrongness, this is so beautiful, he doesn't elevate himself like we do as humans. We look at each other and go, What's wrong with you? And we elevate ourselves and we separate ourselves. God doesn't do that. When God makes a judgment, it causes Him, as Jesus said, He emptied Himself. And He came down and He lowered Himself. And He made Himself a servant. And He saw that our wrongness, we couldn't stop being wrong. And instead of being angry and going, I can't believe you humans, he emptied himself, comes down, puts himself on the cross, and dies for you. That is the God we serve. That is the God who loved me. And when I was full of shame and full of guilt, and full of fear, and just wanted to hide. And that some of you are there right now, some of you are feeling that because you know your life is wrong, and you're so scared because if you run into God, God's gonna get so angry at you. No, yes. Does God hate sin? Yes. Why? Because it destroys your life and it destroys your relationships. Will He judge sin? Absolutely, He has to. If He didn't judge sin, it'd be like a judge who lets someone get away with rape and murder. We would say that it is an unjust judge. When there's sin, God has to judge it, but he judges it in Jesus. And all of a sudden, when you're the recipient of that, it's called grace. You're like, wait, 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 God, God. No, I am horrible. I, am, I do so many things wrong. I deserve your punishment. He goes, I know, but that's why I sent my son so he could take your punishment so you will never receive it. You guys, that is the greatest news in all the world. And you only know that if you're a follower of Christ. And once you've received that grace and once you've received that mercy, that is the power to be able to give it to somebody else. When you finally have seen how wrong you are and God just gave you grace and mercy and forgave you, it's really hard to then look at other people who you think are wrong and feel like you're better than they are. Not once you've received the grace and the mercy and the salvation of Christ. It changes you. It changes you. The Bible says if you are in Christ, you are a new creation it changes you. Romans 5 8 says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So, I was wrong, and Jesus emptied his glory and laid down his life for me. How can I think other people are wrong and have vain conceit and empty glory? I can't do it. If you have, listen, if you have any union with Christ, y'all, if you call yourself a Christian, that means you have union with Christ. And if you do, and if you have any of his love, which you do, you are a dearly loved child. That's who you are. And if you share in the spirit, then you will be the aroma of Christ. And when no one has the answer, you'll remember Jesus, life is the answer. And he had favor towards me. He valued me. And so when I run into somebody who's different, I will value them. So as the band comes up to close, I just want to ask you a question. The scripture started off and it says, If you have union with Christ and his love and share it in his spirit. And I just want to ask you first do you have it? Do you have it? Have you received God's forgiveness through Christ? Have you received his grace? Have you received his mercy? Have you put your faith in him? Because he says, If you put your faith and trust in Jesus, And what he did for you, he goes, then you will receive not only forgiveness, you will receive Christ in you. And you know what? His life is now inside you so that you can be the aroma to the world. And now I just want to say, and let me just conclude with that. And if you have not received Jesus, you can do that today. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I give you my life. Please forgive me, reconcile me back to God, and fill me with your spirit. I want to know you. And then follower of Christ, just remember, this is who you are. You do have this. You do. You do have union with Christ. That's what it means to be a Christian. You do have his love, and you do have fellowship with his spirit. That's why we worship. That's why we watch online. That's why we do church at home. That's why you came here today, you guys, to remember to be equipped to say, that's right, to kind of get a spiritual smelling salt today, and just go, yeah, what am I doing? I'm going to be the aroma of Christ. I'm going to value other people above myself. And we worship in this last song, and we did earlier, why? To say, God, you are right. You are good. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. Now fill me with your love for each other. And that's what this last song, you guys, it's gonna be our prayer as we leave today. Please stay at home while you're at home and enjoy this song. Don't let this go by. Sing it from your heart, even if you don't sing it with your mouth. But we're gonna make this our prayer. God, bind us together. Give us the same love for each other. Give us the same mind for each other so that we can be your aroma to the world. So the people will say, "I want what's behind that wall. I want what's inside of you." And they'll find out it's Jesus. All right? Let's stand together and sing this last song.